It's a new day. Let's go. Hey there, wonderful people. Thank you so much for tuning into the Action Youth and Young Adults podcast. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will not only bless your hearts but change your lives for the better. So go on, grab your notebooks and your pens, your phones or your tablets, and take notes as the Holy Spirit drops keys into your spirit through his servant. Enjoy. Awesome, 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 awesome psalmist for the Lord. Awesome minister. Awesome. She's going to be here at Impact, which begins tonight. And you don't want to miss. You all haven't seen this. The last time she was here, I remember this. Yeah. Look, where the Spirit of God is, there's liberty. You ought to feel free. Don't feel restricted. This is the house of the Lord. If you can't go anywhere else and be free, you should be able to come here and be free. Amen? Come on, give God some praise. You can't praise God with your mouth shut and just standing still. Something must move in your life. That's what the Spirit of God will do. It will bring liberty and I dare you to praise Him. We've learned, we've learned, we've learned. Your praise is your key. Whatever it is that's oppressing you, all you have to do is change gears, turn your face, turn your back to the problem, and focus on the problem solver. And I believe, I dare you, I'm talking from experience, he will set you free. He will lift up, he will break you out of it. Amen? Nobody should have to stand here and pump and prime you. If you think about the goodness of God and what he has done in your life, nobody should have to pump and prime you. You should just burst out spontaneous praise because you know better than anybody else where he has brought you from what those things you were dealing with hallelujah god is good and he deserves our praise we've been talking about remembrance remembrance remember you have to rehearse sometimes what god has done amen hallelujah let us go right still in the atmosphere of praise and worship let us go right into the presence of god lift up your hands and pray come on Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you. We thank you for this atmosphere of praise and worship. And we know that where two or three are gathered in your name, you are also here. So we know you're here. This is your dispensation. Come, bring revelation. Guide us even through your path, your word. Lord, give us revelation of the things that you want us to know. Empower us, kindle us. Bring illumination so that we can be set free from those things what the devil is trying to use to oppress us. Bring the revelation that we need. Give us that Kairos moment when the, the word in the Bible comes to life in our lives so that we'll be careful to give your name the honor, the praise, and the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we are praying. Amen. Amen. You may take 
take your seats in the presence of God. Oh, you can, come on, it's still good to praise him while you're sitting down. Clap your hands and make some noise. Every chance you get, you ought to open up your mouth and say, thank you, hallelujah. God is good. Listen, he's good whether you acknowledge it or not. He's still good. He's sovereign God. He does what he wants, when he wants, how, it wa how he wants, and with whom he wants. You can choose to hold back your praise. You can choose to hold back your thanks. But listen, whatever he tells you to do is for your own good. He turns around. He sits in the midst of your praises. And he executes vengeance and judgment for you. So if you won't praise him, he has nothing to fight with on your behalf. Amen? It behooves you to praise him every chance you get. And the devil will just have to back off because your praise, it is a shield about you. Amen? Hallelujah. We've been talking about David and how he's a man after God's own heart and why he was so special to the point where God reserved mercies, a set of mercies in his name, the sure mercies of David. And there were some characteristics of David that we've been discussing all this while, how he prayed seven times a day. He would turn around as king. As many responsibilities as he had, he never forgot God. He remembered God. Why? 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 His wife, Micaiah, told him, why do you dance as a king? Don't you know you're royal? You dance and you praise God until you, you dance out of your clothes. She was offended. And because of that, God shut her womb. She's the only one woman in the Bible who went to a grave with barrenness because of what she has done. So be careful when you see people praising God. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know, understand what relationship they have with God. But your praise is your key. And David sure didn't know how to praise God. And God honored him for that. The Bible tells us about his exploits, what he did, because God was with him. He said, you can do anything, God, but do not take, do not take your spirit away from me. And why do you think God honored it? As many things as he did wrong, he coveted, he committed, he planned and executed murder. And yet God says, this is the man that is after my own heart. A man after my own heart. Why do you think? He knew how to praise God. And he understood that, like he said in the Psalms. Whatever he has done wrong, he's, he's, he's offended no man. He has no dealings with any man. It is between him and God. You need to get to the place where your relationship with God is so strong that you can turn your back regardless of what it is and say, God, remember me. Remember me. Just like King Hezekiah also did. God sent the prophet to him and said, prepare your house because I'm going to take your life. You're going to die. You're going to go to sleep. But because of his relationship with God, he was able to say, I hear you, prophet, but this is between me and God. And he prayed, and God listened because of his track record. What track record do you have with God? What do you have with God? Do you remember God? Do you remember him? Look back over your life, the things that you've been through, the places that you've been, the situations that you've been in, when nobody could help you, not your mother, not your father, not your brother, not your sister, not your friend. But God, had it not been for God, had it not been for God, and yet when we say praise him, you can stand and do this. Oh, I'm praising him in my heart. He said, no, 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 no. 
with everything that you have, every breath that you have, if you can do this, it is his breath. Amen? Remember God. So we're still on the topic of remembrance. Still on the topic of remembrance. We have talked about all the blessings of God as it relates to David and what, what an example he is for us. But today we want to talk about remembering the blessings of God, the purpose of the blessings of God. Because when you don't understand the purpose of something, you abuse it. You take advantage. You misuse it. But when you understand the purpose of the blessings, let us look at Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. Thank God for our technicians. Gone through a couple of my changes. Amen. Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Verse 3. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse them who curse you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Go back to verse 2. The last line of verse 2. And you shall be a blessing. The purpose. The purpose of your blessing. The purpose of your blessing. God has blessed us. Each and every one. He says he gives gifts to the body there's something in each and every one of us here but if you don't understand that he has given it for the purpose of his work for the kingdom for the body and i'm speaking to someone here there's something that you do that you do so well that god has gifted you anybody that sees you doing it oh you're so gifted you're so talented but you sit on your gift i'm not gonna sing in church because i don't like the way they do things I think I can sing better than that. I think I can dance better than that. So you hold back your gift. But when you understand the purpose of your blessing, he said, I will bless you. I will make you a blessing. He will bless you so you can be a blessing. Your purpose of your gift and your blessings. Amen? There are some requirements, though, that come with the blessing. And there are also consequences. So I want us to look at a few scriptures, examples. Because in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26, 27, and 28, God spells out the blessing. He created man in his own image, in his likeness. But he didn't just create him and leave him there. He even went as far as creating a special place to place them. The blessings of God. But he blessed them and told them to do something because now they were going to be a blessing. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Tell your neighbor, I made in his image and in his likeness. Tell your neighbor, I am whole. I am complete. If you understand who you are, your identity, your identity, you are made in his image. Listen, you may resemble your mother and your father because God used them to bring you here, 
but you are made in his image. Your resemblance to them is in the flesh. But your spirit, who you are, that's your real identity. You are made in his image and his likeness. Let them have dominion. He starts to bless them. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. I'm wondering why he's saying it twice. He wants you to know who you are. Amen? In the image of God, he created him, male and female. Male and female. Because somewhere else in the scripture, he says, I'm going to pour out my flesh on my, my spirit on all flesh. So, guys, yes, she comes to be your divine helper, your helpmate, but she also is made in the image of God. So, we are made equal in Him. Amen? All right. That was for free. Male and female, He created them. Verse 28. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful. And multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on earth. Tell your neighbor the blessing of God is progressive, it grows, it empowers, it makes you more than you can do, it makes you do more than you can do. Amen? You can do nothing of yourself except that he blesses you. Amen? Now, let us look at some requirements. The scripture, Proverbs 10 and 22, tells us that the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And he adds no sorrow. So, this is something else you have to understand. God has no problem with you being blessed. If you are in him, Listen, every time your case comes up, because this is what the devil does, he's the accuser of the brethren. Every time your name is mentioned in the courts of heaven and Satan is coming against you with something, God doesn't see you. He sees the blood of Jesus because he has redeemed you. Because while you were yet sinners, that's what the Bible says, but because of his blood. So every time God looks at you, he sees the blood of his son, his only begotten son. And because of the blood, he doesn't hold against you your sins. But Satan, being the accuser of the brethren, is looking for the opportunity every time to go before God and say, you want to bless? <laughs> did you see what she did last night? Did you hear that conversation she had with Kwame? <clears throat> Do you want to bless her? But every time your name comes up and your charges come up, Jesus Christ says, I paid the price. This one's mine. Amen? It's a good place to praise God. Because otherwise, none of us, none of us would qualify for anything. Because he accuses you sometimes with truth, the things that you've done, and he accuses you with lies, things you've not done. He implicates you. But because of the blood of Jesus, because of the blood, 
The blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow. He has no problem with you being blessed. In fact, his word also says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So God is a God of balance. While you're doing the spiritual thing, I also want you to, you are my representative here on earth. I want you to prosper. I want you to be the example. I want you to be the yardstick. People should look at you and say, wow, is this what your God can do? Then I want to know your God. But your blessing also attracts the good, the bad, and the ugly. There are those who would see it and value it and covet it. It's a good thing to covet in this case. But there are those who will look at it and say, you think you all are dead. Because your God has made you this and has made you that. So your blessings will also attract enemies. But if you praise him, he said, I will bless you and I'll contend with those that contend with you. I will bless those that bless you and I'll do what? Curse those that curse you. So you see, the battle is not really yours. So stop fighting Mansa and Amma because she said this and she said something about your hair and your shoes and your dress. Yes. All you have to do is focus on him and praise him. It's your key. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You're moving from the outer court to the inner court that denotes relationship. I keep telling you, I can go to my father's house. You can come to my father's house. But I can, I can enter into my father's bedroom. Can you go there? Why? Because I have a relationship. He may receive you in the living room, pleasantries, outer court. But I can go places you can't go because of relationship. But it is your praise. It's the key. You cannot be a homeowner with your key and come and stand at your gate and bang say, you look crazy. You have the key and you're standing out there knocking. And the people in are like, what's wrong? Did you lose your key? It's not working. It's broken. What? No, it's here. But your praise gives you access. Your praise. How are you going to use your praise? You must remember, rehearse the deliverances of God. The blessings, what he has done before. If he can do that, he can also do this. And so if I were you, I'd praise him like I'm crazy. Because he's never, he's never going to take your praise and turn around and curse you. Because you praise him, he will deliver you. Divine escape. Amen? He will heal you. Divine healing. He will give you divine exemption. The things that happen to others that they don't survive. You will go through because I, he says, I'm always with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He will take you through your praise. But you must remember. We're talking about remembrance today. Remember. Remember. Amen? Amen. Let us look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 8. This is what he did. He had such a plan and he he, he, he is so intended to bless man that the Lord God planted a garden. See, when you don't understand what you mean to God or how much God loves you, the devil is banking on the fact that you, you won't like to read. 
So you will never get to know your identity or what you're entitled to. But his word is telling you, he planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Do you really think God has brought you here to suffer? Because then that makes him a lie. How can he say, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health? And then turn around and say, I'm going to let you suffer. It doesn't match up. It does not match up. This is what God does when he, 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 he blesses you. He sets you up. He will set you up. Everywhere you turn, there will be blessings. It will blow your mind. People will go places and get rejected. You will go places with less qualification, may not belong there, may not qualify to be there, and yet you get there and they open the double doors. That's what the blessing of God will do for you. Amen? So Genesis 12, 2 and 3 tells us, and I will make thee a great nation. Let's look at it. I will make you a great nation. Tell your neighbor, you are a great nation. Say like you mean it. Say like you believe it. I will bless you and make your name great. I don't know about you, but I also understand why. If he's going to make my name great, it's not just for me to get the big head and start lording it over people. If you understand the purpose, remembering the purpose of the blessing, then you know that if he's going to make your name great, he's doing it for the kingdom's sake. Listen, you will get what is yours, what he intends for you to have. Like the pieces of a puzzle, I've told you this before. The picture is never complete when any piece of the puzzle is out of the picture. Because the whole picture, God's entire plan includes you. You're that little piece of a puzzle. You can look at the picture and it looks beautiful, but when there's a gap, it's like... If you go to the art gallery and there's a piece missing in something, are you going to buy it? You're like, this doesn't look right. Call me when you find that piece. So when you are not in your place, because all the other pieces also become complete when you are in your place, the picture, God's mag magnified plan, his mega plan, the macro picture, becomes complete when the micro is in its place. But if you trust him and you stay in your place, everything that you have, where do you think you get the ideas and the, the desire for good things? If you're made in his image and his likeness, where do you think you get the desire for the good taste that you have? Oh, I want my hair to look like that. I want my shoes to be this. You think God is his toe up? That's why whenever you step out, you must step out with your best. Come looking like you represent God. You're you an ambassador. Papa always tells us, you know, the CDs, the corps diplomatique, they represent their nations over here. So they don't even live according to the rules of our nation. They represent 
the, the interests of their nation. They are catered for by their nation. You are an ambassador of God. You're here on earth representing God. So no matter what is going on around you, even if it seems close to home, you shouldn't really care because your provision is from God. Your source is God. Everything that you need is from God. Not from here. But it takes your faith to be able to take your eye off the problem and put it on your source. Amen? You must remember who he is. He made everything. Everything that was made, everything that was ever made was made by him. There's nothing that is made in this world that is not made by him. So if you are in him, what's your problem? Chill out. Yeah. My God got this. Listen. When he says to remind him, it's not because he's forgotten. It's for you to have a point of reference. Because when you say, oh God, remember me. And he comes through. Next time you have a problem, you say, ah, last year by this time, I had that issue. And I called upon the Lord. And he did it. If he can do that then that will encourage you to know he can also do this. And it is his pleasure to do it for you. Amen? That's why you must remember. In fact, to not remember is a sin. It's a sin of ingratitude. That means whatever you did in the spur of the moment, there's a, uh, a saying, a proverb in Ashanti, when it's in your mouth and you chew on it, you remember the moment you swallow it, it's gone. You don't remember how good it tasted, nothing. But that's not your relationship with God. That's not what he intends. He wants you to remember, to rehearse those things that he has done. Amen? Now, there's always a caveat. There's God's end of the bargain, and there's your end of the bargain. There are some requirements that come with blessing and there's some consequences amen deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 10 through 20 we'll do it quickly 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 deuteronomy 8 and 10 when you have eaten and are full then you shall bless the lord your god for the good land which he has given you amen god wants you to be satisfied tell your neighbor be satisfied Amen? Because you know when you're satisfied, when things are good, when that bill is paid, uh -huh, when your tuition is settled, when you're doing well at school, your grades come and he has called back to your memory every good thing that you learned for good success. Because you know you can have bad success, right? Sakawa 419. Yes. There's good success. If the Bible says there's good success, that means there's bad success. Good success is what God has ordained for you. Bad success is the things that you try to do without him. And you cut corners. Uh-huh. So when I say Sakawa Fawana, you may not be doing it in that way, but you might be doing things. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. And he will do what? So anything you do without acknowledging him, a suspect, 419, Sakawa. 
when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the, for the good land which he has given you. Verse 11. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. 12. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. 13. And when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied. 14. When your heart is lifted up and you forget and you forget. Tell your neighbor, do not forget your Lord. And you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Egypt here represents anything that oppresses you bondage, anything that holds you down. All those situations that you found yourself in, that you may have very well put yourself in by your own actions, and yet he came and delivered you out of it. You must remember. Amen? From the house of bondage. Verse 15. Who led you through that great and terrible wilderness, those dark times in your life, in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, where you couldn't just catch a break. One bad thing after the other, one bad thing after the other. And when the enemy has sent out all his arsenal, all his allies, all his imps, and it seems like all hell is released against you, coming after you, when the land is filled with fiery serpents and scorpions, when there was no water, no relief, no refreshing, because that's what water does. It refreshes you. It gives you relief. Who brought the water for you out of the flinty rock? 16. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end? So whatever you go through, it's not to punish you. God will allow you to go through some things because he wants you to Remember some things. He wants to teach you some things. Papa wrote a book, Don't Fight the Process. Nobody wants discomfort. God, why me? Why is everybody prospering? She's got her money for school. My money is late. I don't have this. I need a car. I don't have. You, 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 me, 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 me. Immaturity. Me, 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 me is a sign of immaturity. They don't like me. They're talking about me. Listen. When it all seems that he may just very well mean there's something wrong with you too. You have to check yourself. Sometimes it's what you are exuding, what you're giving off that makes everybody who does she think she is? She thinks she's all of this. So sometimes you have to check yourself. But sometimes the Lord allows these things that he might test you. What doesn't kill you, do what? Will make you stronger. But there's a process. Because you are pressing towards the mark of a higher calling. He's taking you somewhere. And there's some things that you must know. Some things that you must learn. So he allows these things not to punish you. So be careful. Look at Job's life. When he was going through his troubles. Even his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? His friends were like, Get away from me. You must have done something. Because you're so wealthy, you cannot go to bed a, a billionaire in today's times. If, if Job was alive, you'd be a billionaire today. 
You cannot go to bed a billionaire and wake up with nothing. You have done something. You need to confess and be free. See, people are quick to castigate, to judge. But sometimes, and that's why it's important to know the word, in all thy ways, even the good, the bad, and the ugly. Not just when everything is going well do you remember God. He will allow sometimes to humble you, to let you know I'm your source. Because anything that takes his place in your life becomes an idol. And he hates idolatry. If you allow your wealth, that's why he said when you have eaten in your full, when you've enjoyed the fat of the land, when you've enjoyed good success, and then you start thinking, well, I was able to buy this Mercedes because I uh, made this big deal and I studied hard and I uh, went to Harvard. And There's nothing wrong with Harvard. But if you don't understand, by, it's by his grace. There are a million brilliant students who just want the opportunity. But you. So when you start taking credit, he said, I'm a jealous God. I will not share my glory with anyone. If your success, your achievements brings you to a place where you forget God, you're in a dangerous place. See, that's one thing that David was good at because he remembered how he used to be a shepherd tending the sheep in the backside of the desert. And God took him from there and anointed him and made him king. David remembered. Just like how many lepers did God heal? Did Jesus Christ heal? How many? How many? Okay, how many came back? Okay, only one remembered. If that's anything to go by, then human beings, we have a problem. We tend to forget. If you take every 10, 90% will forget. It's only when we are enjoying the moment we've gotten what we want, we forget God. We have the potential. 90% of us have the potential to forget who God is and what he has done in our lives. So you must make up your mind. It is a decision. You must make it a point to remember what God has done for you. If you forget, or if you allow yourself to forget, it's a sin. The sin of ingratitude, like the nine lepers. But that one remembered. Because he remembered how he was ostracized. How he was rejected. Because he had leprosy. He was not allowed into the limits of the city. Go, 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 go somewhere, you're filthy. So when he was cleansed and he could now come back to his family and everything that gave him comfort, he didn't forget. But most of us, when you get the job, when you get that bill paid, when you get the nice dress that you wanted, those shoes that you wanted, that wig, that hair, boys, it's not just the girls. You get that swag on. And you walk around your cat and like you all of that hair. You forget that it is he who wishes above all things that you prosper. Listen, God doesn't have love. God is love. 
And he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. See, when he tested Abraham, he wanted, first of all, first of all for him to remember how long it took him to get that son. And then he wanted to see that indeed Abraham understood who he was made after, who his likeness was after. God gave his only, he was willing to sacrifice his only begotten son. So when Abraham was able to do that, was willing to kill his only son, God knew, you got my spirit. You are indeed mine. Listen, the offspring must bear certain resemblance to the progenitor. You cannot call yourself a child of God and you're doing everything that is like the other guy. What's his name? I didn't say you said it. So check yourself. Whose child are you? If you're a child of God, then you must bear semblance to him. You must remember who you are. And you must exhibit those characteristics that are like him. Amen? If you can't say amen, say ouch. Because sometimes you come right out of the church and right there, right there, before you even leave the parking lot, you start showing some other characteristics. And then the devil is saying, see, 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 see. This is the one you wanted to bless, see. And then she's going, looking at somebody. You see somebody and see them coming, you're like, what did she have to do? She just messed up my day. Oh, my God. Like, Really? Blessings. Let's give God praise for, for our sister Simeon. We look forward to seeing you during the week. God bless you and use you mightily. So yes, there are some consequences. Let us go back. We didn't finish. We were at what, 15, 16, Deuteronomy 8, 16. Who fed you in the wilderness with the manna which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. In the end, it's all going to be fine. Tell your neighbor, in the end, God is going to make it all fine. It'll all come together. Then you say in your heart, my power, that's what I was just talking about, and the might of my hand has gained me this wealth. That means you don't know the word of God because this word says it is God. It is he that gives you power to do what? Make wealth. Not your hand. What hand? Leprosy. 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers. Tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor. When you remember God, when you remember what God has done, the covenant extends beyond you. So when you remember him, you honor him. You show gratitude. It is not just, it doesn't end with you. Your children, your children's children. Uh-huh. Generations. Why? Because he said it here. That he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So he had a covenant with somebody. Somebody in your family was praying. Somebody honored God. And because of that, God has extended. You are here on somebody else's prayers. So if you also keep the covenant, 
somebody down your line, your child, your great-grandchild, your grandchild, is going to also benefit from your honor, the honor you gave God. So if you don't, you're cutting them off. And their blood, if they go to God, complain, he's going to, hey, go to your grandma. Go to your mother. Everything I did for her, she never said thank you. So I've stopped. Listen, that's why I said I'll bless you to be a blessing. We're talking about the purpose, understanding the purpose. I'll bless you to be a blessing. Do you know what that means? You are now a vessel, a conduit. As long as the blessings he bestows on you flows through you, he will keep sending it. But when you get selfish and you hold back and you stop sharing, you create a blockage so it stops flowing. You don't believe me? Let me give you some scriptures. Let's do the last one here. 19. Did I say 19? I, said, I did say 19. 20 actually. Then it shall be... No, no, go to 19. Then it shall be if you, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow the other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall perish. Okay, so when you don't understand and you let other things take the place of God in your life, you're going to die. I didn't say it. It's right there. If I'm going to bless you, listen, God is good. He, many times he gives you chance after chance after chance. Me, I bless you once. You don't thank me. And then you think you did it. Mm. Oh, I'm not lying. Next time you come, I'll check you out. You want what? Give you back kick. You shall surely perish. Consequences. 20. Let's go to 20. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you, you, so you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. So he's telling you, I'll bless you to be a blessing. But when I bless you and you don't understand the blessing, the purpose of the blessing, and you start to abuse it, you grieve my spirit. Listen, the death may very well be physical, but the spiritual death is more dangerous. You grieve his spirit. When you grieve the spirit of God, he removes his spirit from you. That's why David said, do anything, punish me, do whatever, but do not take your spirit from me. Because when you're not covered by the spirit of God, you are open game. Satan will play you like soccer. So the spiritual death is even more dangerous than the physical death. If you are disconnected spiritually from God, you're going to hell, first of all. I can't imagine what it's like. I don't want to imagine what it's like. So he will remove his spirit from you. Do not cast me away. That's, that's what David says, yes. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Because you are just open for anything. Amen? Amen? I want to show you some of these uh, consequences. The consequences. Ghanaian say consequence. Let me show you. Let's go to Hebrews. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. No Hebrews. Okay. Let us look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, 12 through 18. Quickly. I'll read them quickly, quickly, quickly. Okay. Last when you have eaten and you're full and you have built beautiful homes. We just did that. Go ahead. I think it was 18. Is that it? Let's look at 19. 
That's what I just did. Oh, I'm ahead of myself. You shall perish. Okay. That was what I was going to explain, but I think I've done that already. Um, let us look at something else. Okay, so the purpose, you must also learn to build eternal mileage by using the riches, the gifts, the blessings for, of the things of God. You must be more heavenly minded. You must be more heaven conscious. Because if you understand the purpose, then you know the gifts are not just given for while you're here. You're not going to take the houses with you. I don't know anywhere. You, have you gone to any funeral where you've seen a casket in the uh, house in the casket? A car in the casket? You will leave it. Bishop, what I was saying this morning, you, because you sweated and you spent your money, you, did it, you are careful with it. The moment they put you in the ground, that family member, the one who didn't like you, they're going to come and take that car. <laughs> How do you drive it here? You'll be standing in the, the, the land of the day say, <laughs> my best. Jacko You'll be standing in the land of the day say, my house, 24 hours party. People, strangers are coming and going. Yes, you're not taking it with you. So stop focusing. He wants you to have those things because you represent him. But get it in priority. Get the order right. God first. When your priority is right, it gives him pleasure to give you those things. He wants you to be the, the, the magnet. If you're coming to me, you're talking to me about how God is good and he's going to give you, and then your, 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 your fabric is torn, your shirt, your, sweat, your color is yellow and you smell like a wildebeest and you come to me, I'm going to be like, where's God in your life? Your shoes are quarter to one. It's human nature. It's like, you're talking about God, good, is, good God is and you are mm, suspect. But if you're coming to me and you're walking up and you, from head to toe, you're beat. The threads are there. The hairs, you know, jet, like you say, right? I'm looking at you. And before you're coming, I'm like, hey, wow. I stand at attention. Yes. Good morning. Because you are presenting and it's attractive. Confidence is attractive in the natural. When you walk in a room and you're confident of yourself and you're, you're stacked, you're decked. People look at you and like, they take a second look. Who is that? They want to know who you are. But if you're coming in and you look, look like, and you smell like something else, they right away they start, why is he here? Amen? God wants you to represent him. He's not saying be consumed in vanity. But he wants you to present God doesn't look shabby. God doesn't do shabby. It is his pleasure. But he wants you to understand that's not the focus. When you have it right, I'll give it all to you and some because you understand the purpose of why I've given it to you. So if you come in and you're looking correct from head to toe, you also love your neighbor as yourself. You want for your neighbor what you want for yourself, that's what that scripture means. When you filled yourself up to the brim and there's excess, you are eating the good of the land, the fat of the land, and you are representing God. Then you can look at your neighbor and say, listen, I want, because it's like what I want for myself is what I wish for you to have. That's when you're representing God. 
Not when you have everything, your neighbor has nothing, and then you're looking at them like, don't come near me, go and find your own. I've suffered to get my, you suffered where? God gave you by grace. Could have chosen anybody else. See, when you don't understand that you are supposed to. James 2.15. I want somebody to check it and put it up there. James 2.15, I think it is. James 2.15. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, go to 16. And one of you says to them, depart in peace. You see this, oh, go ahead and God will bless you. And you have it and you can, you can help them. Be warned and what? failed. Depart and be me, please. But you do not give them the things which are needed for their body. What does it profit you? If you have everything, your neighbor is suffering and you can't be a blessing. You're not a vessel. You're not a representative of God. And that means you don't understand the purpose of the blessing. And that means he will curse you. You will perish. That's what the scripture says. I'm not saying that that's what the scripture says. I just want to give you one more example and then we can close. Okay, go to Acts chapter 4. Verses 33 through 36. And with great power, the apostles gave witnesses to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked for all who were possessors of lands and houses sold them and brought the proceeds to the things that were sold, things that were sold, and laid them at the, the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. Okay, so this is an example. We're not saying go to 36. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, 37. Okay. That devil is a liar. Who pulled the cable? Stretch your hands towards them right now. Say, Lord, don't let Satan use them as a. I'm just kidding. But amen. Let's pray. This is just the enemy. He doesn't want you to get the word. Having land, sold it and brought it the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. That's, when I say go and sell every good thing, but be understanding your blessing that when one lacks, you lack. We are each other's keeper. So when you see your brother or your sister in a position, a lacking position, be willing because you understand that you are blessed to be a blessing. Help them to the extent that you can because when you don't, you're cursed. Go to Acts chapter 5 verses 1. A perfect example is Ananias and his wife Sapphira. But a certain man named Ananias with wife Sapphira sold a possession. Go ahead. Two. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid at the feet of the apostle. Three. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled you? So doing, hold, holding back makes you Luciferian. You are taking on the characteristic of Satan. When God has blessed you to be a blessing to someone and you hold back, you're coveting, you're selfish, you're self-centered. You are taking on the characteristic of Satan. God is not like that. He loved so much that he gave. For God so loved the world that he did what? 
He's the example. He's not asking you to do anything that he won't do or hasn't done. That he gave. So when you do that, so why has the, the Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? And what happened to them? They died physically. Check the Bible. Go home and read it. The consequences of not understanding why you're blessed, the purpose for your blessing is that God cannot trust you. And if he can't trust you to do what he has assigned your hand to do, then he will remove himself from you. You will first die a spiritual death. And if you're dead spiritually, it's only a matter of time before you. But we don't know this. And you're thinking, whoa, this is deep. Yeah. Because he has set it in motion. God has got principles. Laws of nature. Technicalities and legalities. If you do this, this is the result. If you do that, that's the result. Choose ye this day. Isn't that what the scripture says? So you must decide. You have choices to make. Your destiny is in your hand. The purpose for which it has brought you, you will fulfill. But your destiny, the decisions that you make, you will make decisions. Good ones will end you in the right place in his will. Bad ones will take you out of his will and end you somewhere else. So when you find yourself somewhere else, in that place, you say, my God, why me? You chose. He has given you free choice, but you must decide what you're going to use the choice for. And choose you this day to remember. Remember. Remember the purpose of the blessings. That's what today's sermon is about. Remember the purpose. He wants you to look the best, yes. But when you've gotten that, don't forget that he's the source, first of all. And that he's blessed you to be what? A blessing. Because when you do, I can't trust you. If I give you a thousand CDs, I say, go and give her. And then you go and you give her five. And Ananias and Zephyrah, whatever her name is, she's gone. I told you to give her a thousand. You go and say, John, give her all that thousand. Show me, John, God means. Yeah, he said, I should give you five. Oh, I can't trust you. He may not say nothing to you. Check the scripture again. Our fathers have sinned and are no more. And we do. Some things, your great-grandfathers, grandmothers, they did that didn't please God. They didn't see the consequences. They are dead and gone. And now you are dealing with the curse. This impact is about what? Reversing the curse, right? Yes, there are some curses that were brought on by just our actions. Some ancestors, some covenants they went into. If you're covenanting with God, you will understand the purpose of the blessing. If you're not and you're doing anything else, you're covenanting with Satan. And there are repercussions. So don't think you're getting away with it. You go and give her 500 instead of 1,000 and keep the five. I didn't see it. I didn't hear it. You think you got away with it. Uh-huh. Thief, robber. It will register. Somebody down your line will carry that burden. Or you start, look at when Jacob lied about his wife and said it was his sister. Look at all their bloodline. They all did the same sin. So now you also have a son or a daughter who becomes a thief, becomes a robber. And to go down their children. You have planted the seed. Some curses that we're walking in were planted. 
You didn't know anything about it. That's why Papa is telling us this convention, we're going to break those curses. But be careful because everything that you do or don't do, everything that you do wrong or choose to do right according to the word of God has consequences. I know you don't want to hear this today, but it is the word of God. And I can't tell you any other way than that. You are blessed to be a blessing. And we are calling you to remember. Remember the purpose of the blessing. If you have been blessed, stand up. Give God some praise. Oh, you're not doing it for me. I know you didn't like the last part. Whether you clap for me or not, I've said it. It is off my chest. That's what God told me to tell you. Uh-huh. Give God praise. You are all the better now. You understand now what the purpose of your blessing is. And if you think you haven't been blessed, just wait. Those big things that you're looking, he's going to bring you out. Lo, I am with you always. As the scripture says, you will go through the waters. They will not, what, overtake you. You will go through the rivers. And you will even go through fire, but it won't consume you. Why? Because he's with you. If you are his, he's with you. And you are sure by faith you are coming out on the other side. You're going through. Whatever you're going through right now, it too will end. This too shall pass. Weeping may endure for what? But what? Come as when? You're passing through. Amen? Be encouraged. And understand why you're blessed. Make God proud. He doesn't want to look down on them and say, oh, I can't. I was going to make her a billionaire, but when I gave her a thousand, she acted a fool. So I'm, You forfeit what you don't honor. You forfeit. That's another principle. You will forfeit your blessings if you don't honor God. When he's, if you're faithful with little, he'll make you what? Ruler over what? If you're faithful with the little, oh, you don't know the word. Oh, Jesus Christ. We have to start having Bible study. Sibion de la if you're faithful with the little things, he'll make you ruler over greater, bigger things. Amen? Having heard this today, start with yourself. If you're here and you don't know God. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you for tuning in to today's message. We hope that you have been filled with a fire that fuels your week and a word that erases your doubts and improves your Christian walk with God. We love you so much and we are always here to support. So if you'd like to connect with us, you can do so by following us on Instagram and on Facebook with the handle at Action Young Adults. We would be very excited to have you join our amazing family. Until next time, we are Aya. We love to have you and it's always a new day with us. God bless you.